0: This is is ridiculous, okay? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go with, I'll go. jumped out of a plane you know I have and just like a lot of things that are on people's bucket lists or basically anything that you do in life it's one of those things that before you do it it seems like this huge daunting task that will change who you are as a person and your perspective on life and some crazy ass other bullshit but then you do it and you're like oh well that wasn't so bad You know, for me, I was actually kind of disappointed. I really hoped that it would uh, cure my hangover, and it didn't. Uh, I will say that the first five seconds are absolutely exhilarating. Um, But then you're in the air for a long time. And then it just it's tough to breathe because there's a lot of air going into your lungs and you can't even like appreciate how fast you're going because your only your only frame of reference is like everything and everything looks like it's just getting slightly bigger until you're close to it, and then it's like, oh, okay, it is big. Those are trees. Cool. But, you know, I still took the leap. And I was talking to Mike this week, and if you haven't noticed already, this is not Mike. This is Liam. Hello. Uh, we, We were talking about, you know, what kind of show we wanted to do this week. And I thought... You know, maybe we could talk to the Liams that that are listening now. Because a year ago, I was just a listener of this show. And I was a pretty big fan of this show. In fact, I basically told everybody I knew to fucking listen to this show. And that's another fucking topic for another time. But, I was a guy who was going to school... At a four-year university, State University of Pen- well State University in Pennsylvania, in Kutztown, Pennsylvania, in the middle of nowhere, and I had to get an internship to graduate. And everybody around me, also right, because it was a whole class that had to get the internships, and uh, they were they were looking at places like Lancaster and Reading, and some were even looking at. The Lehigh Valley, like Allentown, if you know Billy Joel, right? Allentown, or uh, for Philadelphia. Now, that's pretty cool. Getting an internship at, in Philadelphia. We had a guy who working for the Flyers, but I didn't want to be any of them, right? And it's not because you know they didn't work hard. They were incredibly hard workers. Every everybody that I was in class with, I loved and uh, I loved working with, but. I didn't want to be the guy who went from Kutztown to the Lehigh Valley and then to where I wanted to work, which was New York City. You know, because I, I, I didn't. What I wanted to be was the guy who went to New York City after living in Los Angeles. I wanted to be the guy who came from L.A. And so I had to find an internship in L.A. And this is going to be an episode that's basically just, I hope to God this fucking works, because I'm going to tell you guys the pain, (laughs) the absolute dread that it went into trying to get this internship that turned into a job. And as Mike has said, this is not a paying job right now or at least not monetarily. And I'm okay with that. We've talked about this, you know? We don't get paid to do this this job. We don't get paid to do this podcast. We do it because we fucking love it. And we do it because we want to, you know, let you guys in, as, as Mike <laughs> as Mike puts it, right? Give you a seat at the table. And that's what we want. And I wanted that seat at the table. And now I have one, which is pretty fucking cool. We get to talk to some really cool people. And, and I wouldn't have been here if I didn't do the one thing that scared the ever living shit out of me, going across the country, leaving my home, leaving my friends, leaving my family, leaving basically all of my support behind and trying, trying to work for free with a stranger doing a podcast. So for anybody who's sitting there thinking about doing something that scares the ever living shit out of you, or maybe you've been putting off, maybe you're sitting there and you've got this idea that you really want to do, but you're just waiting for a kick in the ass. I needed that kick in the ass and I went out and I found it and I asked for it and somebody gave me that kick in the ass. And because of that, I have, my life's different now so if you want to hear how that goes maybe you'll learn something maybe it'll just be something that you're just like all right fuck it if he could do it i can do it and i hope to god that's it but i'm gonna tell you the story i'm gonna give you the inside scoop of literally how i went out of my way to talk to a stranger and get a full-time gig across the country in los angeles So I need you to grab your noise-canceling headphones, sit back, relax, and enjoy this Liam Takeover episode of In Love With The Process. So, originally we were trying to have this episode be, you know, a conversation between Mike and me and kind of have, you know, just that that perspective and have both of our perspectives on what it means to travel across the country to, you know, do something and quote unquote chase your dream, right? But then also have his perspective as somebody who had somebody come work for him that he had never met and uh, and my perspective of working for somebody that I'd never met and just taking that leap, Right. And I can tell you that the reason I started the episode with uh Cameron is because that's how it feels for me when I'm thinking of ways to uh to ask somebody to do shit like that. I was flipping my fucking lid when I first was trying to think of how to message Mike. Because we had, to, we had to ask people, right? We had to go and we had to approach people and be like, hey, can, uh, can I work for you? And I was in school to do that. I had somebody literally telling me, if I don't go work for somebody else, possibly for free, I don't get a degree. So there was an incentive. For a lot of us, you know, a lot of people listening to this show, I get it because I was with you. We don't have an incentive to go do shit. It's on ourselves. We have to build those incentives into this. And that's fucking tough. Because it's so, it's so easy to just not do shit. And, and then more than that, it's like, who am I? Who the fuck am I to contact somebody I've never met whose show I listen to all the time because I really I like what the guy's producing and tell him, yo... I want to come work for you. He doesn't owe me dick. What do I have to offer, other than free labor, that he would want? And he just went across the country at that point as well, right? So he was originally in Boston, and then he traveled. I'm just, by the way, I'm just hitting all of the uh, the bingo cards. So if you're doing the... Bingo card drinking game that we have. Uh, you're welcome, because this is basically just what this episode is uh, already. But the fact that I said more than one word, I think I've checked off three fucking. Uh, oh yeah, I think I've hit a couple of the the cards. But the point is, when who was I to fucking tell this guy that yo, you just moved from Boston to L.A. to uh, to go after your dreams? I. A complete stranger should be allowed to come into your home and meet all the people that you, you know, love and, and are friends with. And uh, you know, all those people that you've been working really hard to make connections with and bring on the show. Yeah, I want to also be there when you're talking to them. That's not a great pitch. <laughs> that's not. It's not a good pitch. And uh and that's what was going through my head when I was doing that shit. And I was scared, and I was fucking nerve. Uh, like it was just, it was just awful. I, you, you know, you get that pain in your fucking chest, and you just can't breathe. And you're like, God, fucking damn it! I'm just a piece of shit. That was me the entire week leading up to sending a message. I shit you, not sending a message on Instagram. And I had people check that message. I, <laughs> I had an editing process for this message to send to to Mike. And I wrote this beautiful essay. And, you know, it was, it was one paragraph. It was very clean. It was, it was concise. It was professional. It was, you know, it was upbeat. It was all sorts of stuff. And, uh, you know, I asked like, Hey, if you got the opportunity, I just want to know if the opportunity is, you know, I didn't even ask for it. I just wanted to know if the opportunity was available so that I could ask for it. And his response was, where are you living? That was it Four fucking words. I spent a goddamn week, and he responded almost immediately afterward, all right? So now I had just spent a week prepping this, and then he responded within like a couple minutes. And so now I've got no fucking time to prep up the next one. So I kind of rambled, and it was just like, and and he asked, where are you living, right? So I lied, because I was in Kutztown, Pennsylvania, I didn't have a place to live in Los Angeles. No fucking way did I have a place to live in Los Angeles. But I thought I could probably figure it out, and that's it. so you know, I lied. I did a little bullshitting, and uh, I told him that a buddy of mine, you know, has has a lease that ends in January, and blah blah blah. You know, he's looking for a roommate, that sort of stuff. I could totally do this. By the way, here's the other shit that you know I need to know, and uh, and he responded. When would you start? And now here's the thing, people. I just sent this shit to somebody who doesn't know me. Now technically he did because I had bugged him about being guest speaker at uh, at Kutztown before, and there's an episode about that. Uh, and that was, you know, that was fun. If he was on the show with me, I'd fucking bust his balls about the fact that, you know, we, we responded to his emails immediately and then we had to wait for him for a fucking week. But the reality is, guess what? That's how life works. I can't tell you how many of these, uh, these guests that we've gotten that I was the main contact for. And I didn't hear back for them for fucking months for fucking months. You send one, one email fucking months. There's, there's an episode coming up that's actually we have a uh yeah i know the person and i'm really excited that we're gonna get him on the show there's a strong possibility they'll fucking cancel before this episode is released and then we have to go into the fucking waiting game again but also this is a person that like i technically will be seeing a lot of and they uh they like immediately said yes and then they just didn't schedule the interview <laughs> it's like we gave it's it's a pain in the ass it's it's just it's just you know that's the fucking job people when you want to work with somebody don't expect them to do shit on your time because you're not asking for that to happen who the fuck are you to ask that right so when Mike was the guest speaker, he just didn't, he didn't fucking respond for weeks. And then all of a sudden, he's now responding immediately when I'm messaging him. So this caught me off fucking guard. And now I'm freaking out. I'm already nervous as shit because I'm talking to somebody that I really look up to. And I like the work that he's doing. And then he's fucking, and, and then he, now he's actually responding to me. What the fuck? I got no time. Okay. <laughs> so, so he goes, yeah, when would you start? And I was like, ah! technically could start, you know, whatever, because I don't give a shit. I don't have to be at school. This was the only thing that I had to do left before graduation. So it's like, let's do it. And then he, uh, this was the first message he gave me that was more than four words. And he said, let's jump on a call, which is five words. And that's technically more than four, which is progress. And then guess what? That was September 20th, 2019. Okay? September 20th, 2019. And, uh... <laughs> we had to have that shit in, I think, right right around, like, October 18th is when I think the due date was to have a, a, a uh, internship locked down. And Mike called me back October 19th. So that was fucking nerve-wracking because i I had a backup... And the backup was working in Orlando, Florida, doing fucking live event shit for a company that I really had to push to get to. And I burned a fucking bridge because I really pushed them. They didn't have a position for me. And I basically begged and pleaded and, 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 you know, made deals with devils and shit to get in there. Like I was, I was ready to go. But living in LA, working in LA on this podcast was, that was the dream right that was the number one choice and uh and i got it the day after i needed it and because for some reason that it was a cool opportunity the professors were down with it and i was able to take it so now now i ran into another issue which is one i had already pulled every string i could and may uh, you know put people in situations to create a position for me in Orlando, Florida that I now have to reject. And I have not spoken to these people since then, which is fine because that's not the career path that I wanted, but it was a career path that was open to me and I had to fucking burn a bridge and I don't know if I'm ever going to meet these people again. I very may well meet these people again. And when I do, I hope that they understand that I didn't just fuck them over for no reason. But that was a legitimate... That was collateral damage for the decision to go work for a guy for free in Los Angeles. But then number two, I had to figure out how the fuck I'm going to get there and live there. So, you know, this is, I, I was horrified, but again, I'm talking to the motherfuckers who might have to go get an internship. You might be a freshman in college going, you know, I want to be a director, which is great. I personally don't want to be a director, I just had to direct all my shit in undergrad uh, because nobody else was listening to the podcast that I was listening to. So it was really tough to communicate uh, with, with people who weren't thinking on the same level, which is again why, you know, it is what it is. But, but then number two, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a director, I wanna, but I want to be part of the process. I want to be doing that shit, and that doesn't technically count. We didn't reference the uh, the name there, so I, I wouldn't count that as a bingo card, just so everyone's aware. Um, if I do mention it, then, it, you know, go ahead and drink. Fuck it. All right, we're getting off track. The point is, you know, if, you, if you're if you sitting there and you're like, okay, I need to get an internship at some point, just fucking, like, like it scared the shit out of me. I didn't know if I was going to get it. And then when I got in contact with the guy, he's already fucking busy enough that he barely has time. And I caught him at the right moment, clearly, because he was able to respond to me back to back. And then that, you know, let's hop on a call. That wasn't back to back. That was 24 fucking hours later. It took him an entire fucking day to get back to me at that point. And I thought, That the opportunity wasn't there anymore. But then it was. And then it took weeks to get that call. And that's life. And it fucking sucked. (laughs) It fucking sucked. But we got the job. And it was a free, you know. So we got to figure it out. So at this point, we're trying to keep this episode short. Uh, and we do have really cool sponsors. So I'm going to let Mike do the uh, do the ad read here, do the sponsor read. And uh, we'll be right back. The next thing that I am going to fucking talk to you about, though, is the logistical question of, okay, so you got the opportunity, but how the fuck do you live in LA? I, I you know, I'll, I'll tell you how I pulled it off. And you'll be able to tell me to go fuck myself. But in the meantime... The people that we're not going to go tell them to go fuck themselves because we love them. <laughs> and and we really are, are appreciative of them sponsoring the show. We're going to hear about them.
1: Okay, guys, you know the deal. It is time to give thanks and love and respect to the people that support the show. And I'm not talking about you guys you guys get enough from me. Those of you who are out there sharing the graphics, those of you who are out there buying our t-shirts, uh, thank you all. But in the meantime, let's talk about my buds over at Puget Systems. If you are a production designer, if you're somebody who is using Photoshop, if you're using CAD, AutoCAD, you're trying to design sets and you wanna have a computer that will run faster, the renders will happen faster, If you're someone that is a video editor, if you're a photographer using Photoshop, do yourself a favor. Now that you get that pinwheel of death and your machine's not fast enough, go pick up a PC. (gasps) PC, he says. Yes, PC. But PCs crash. What is this, the fucking 90s grow up? (laughs) PCs run stable, all that old myth doesn't exist anymore guys if you build a stable pc it's faster it's more cost effective you'll be able to custom build it with the hardware that is required to do your tasks so can you imagine that actually building a tool that works for the project you're doing as opposed to going to a website and only having three selections and then having them tell you how to run your fucking shit because the tool only does what they wanted to do that drives me crazy about other companies that do the shit That's why I found Puget Systems. I did the hard work for you guys because I know the task of building your own PC can be a pain in the ass, can be stressful. A lot of people don't know how to build computers, right? I was lucky enough to learn when I was younger because I was a gaming nerd, had a bunch of friends that used to build computers and I watched how they did it. But it's still a pain in the ass because then you're like, okay, does this hardware work with this hardware? Is this compatible with this RAM? What the fuck works? When you're in the business that we're in, when you need a new tool, you need to unpack it, you need to get going. You have to find a company that out of box builds computers that you can just turn on, right? I, I did the hunt, I found Puget Systems. The thing I love about Puget Systems is that they're family run business. They're a very small, they're a smaller company, uh, which means that you actually talk to real fucking people, real people, right? For customer support, customer service, to build your systems. Go to PugetSystems.com, there you can choose a system based upon the software that you're using. They have uh, a couple of baseline packages to start with, and then what they love to do is communicate with their customers. So you can actually contact them and say, here's how much money I have, here's the weird project that I'm doing, I'm building this thing that requires this thing that doesn't exist anywhere else, how the fuck can I pull it together? And they will give you all of their time benchmark testing hardware, all their experience building machines and they will help you create a custom computer for your budget. Think about that. Real customization, real interaction with people. It's exciting, isn't it? Don't believe me? Go to PugetSystems.com and check it out. And if you're someone that isn't from the U.S. and you're like, well, Puget doesn't ship to us, it's okay. They have consultation programs there as well. I think for as low as like 500 bucks, You can talk to them and they will help you walk through the the hardware that you need to build basically your own Puget system remotely. So it's pretty cool. Instead of like going through and Google searching and being like, okay, so the new graphics card, is that the one to get? Believe it or not, guys, here's a little tip. The latest stuff for hardware doesn't necessarily work well with Premiere or with After Effects. So you wanna talk to folks that are testing these things, that are benchmark testing these things. So go to PugetSystems.com, and check it all out. Also supporting the show, as always, our good friends over at Quasar Science. I've said this before, I will say it again, I love lighting. And one of my favorite things about cinema, about TV right now is how good everything looks, right? The cinematography is amazing, and that's because of the advancements in lighting and the huge advancements that have happened with LED technology. So you can get your hands on really great units very cool tubes like Qua- uh, Quasar makes these amazing uh, bicolor tubes or rainbow LED tubes that don't require much power, right? A lot of these things are running off battery. I know they have new battery setups on their website right now. Um, they don't run hot, meaning your sets don't. It's not like 110 degrees on your set because you're running a bunch of tungsten units, okay? And they have a very low footprint. So if you're driving around in some small hatchback, right? Or maybe you're bicycling over there. These things don't weigh a lot. They could fit in the back seat. No big deal. I have people asking me all the time, Mike, love your lighting. Thank you. Thank you for those of you who say that. I really appreciate it. Um, but what do you have in your kit? I got to do a kit episode where I walk through. Let me know if you guys want me to do a lighting kit episode. Those of you listening to the fucking ads, uh, do me a favor and write to me And let me know if you guys want me to talk about what I have in my lighting kit. Because I know everybody gets nerdy about gear. What do you have for gear? It's going to make my shit so cool. No, it's not. But I'll tell you what I have. And I'll show you what I have. Um, But what I have in my kit right now is I definitely got a bunch of bi-colors from Quasar. And a rainbow LED from Quasar. I love, love, love their stuff. And you've seen me use it on my productions. You've seen some of my later stuff and been like, wow, how'd you pull that off? Quasar tubes. Boom. So go to quasarscience.com, join the fun with the rest of us using their amazing LED lights. That's quasarscience.com. Okay, and as always, our good buddies over at Industry Jump, and those of you looking to join a community. If you need, if you're, okay, maybe you're filming out in the middle of nowhere, right? You've taken my advice and you've stayed in your hometown and you've started to create productions. But you need to find crews. You need to find teams. You need to find mentors, right? Uh, there are a bunch of great places for it. One of the places that we love is Industry Jump. Go to industryjump.com. There you can become part of a community. They'll help promote your work. You can find the people that they're promoting. You can find fellow crew people. Uh, it's a great place. Or you can follow them on Instagram. That's at industryjump on Instagram. They promote the show and we're more than happy to promote them. So yes. And uh, let's see. Other than that, Code Electro, he's the man, the music you're listening to in the background all the time. Code Electro love his stuff. I think it's just let me look it up. Yes, if you go to codeelectro.com, super simple, let's spend some time about our good friend Martin over there. So what's he got going on over here at conelectronaut.com sign up for a newsletter. Uh, ooh, he's doing a live music artist talk sci-fi vinyl and live music. That's cool. What's he got cranking around in the store right now? Oh, oh fuck yeah. So his vinyls are great. You guys know if you've been listening to the show you know that I am obsessed with vinyls lately and then uh, Gina bought me a record player for my birthday this year so I have I knew I was going to do it. I was afraid of it. I've been just sinking cash into vinyls, right? Code Electro's vinyls are amazing. He's uh, got the vinyl up there right now for Nevermind the Solar Wind, which is a lot of the newest stuff that you've heard on the show, which is great. Uh, Looks like he still has uh, Code Electro 3 is up there. Uh, Super Strings is sold out. We used a lot of Super String stuff on the early episodes of the show. Uh, and it looks like Wolf is still there, so it's great. He has a bunch of really good vinyls, uh, t-shirts, uh, you can stream his stuff, download his stuff. I know he's been putting out a lot of the tracks from his live tour that he did prior to COVID. And for those of you who actually got to go see him live, his video stuff that he was playing and projecting there, I actually cut for him. So him and I got together and I cut a bunch of like live music videos for him. So. Go check all this stuff out. Go to CodeElectro.com. Okay, guys, let's get back into the episode.
0: So, the question is, you know, how the fuck did... How do you pull off traveling across the country, right? Uh, How do you go from bumblefuck middle of nowhere Pennsylvania being able to survive for six months in California, in Los Angeles, and uh, I'm working for no money? Well, the answer, the short of it is student loans. You know, I'm not proud. I'm not sitting here bragging about being able to take out student loans. I know that I got to pay for it at some point, but you know, I am literally right now I'm paying it off and, uh, and I'm still in school. Uh, You know, I got the degree and I moved on and I wanted to get my master's degree. So I'm in film school right now, but I'm able to work and go to school. So it's, uh, you know, it's a pain in the ass, but that's the logistics of it. Now, student loans alone can't fucking allow you to survive in California and Los Angeles. So I was able to, you know, live with some really cool people. And like I said earlier, you know, we have, we had to convince them to be able to move out there. But I was able to work while I was out there in addition to doing the internship. And the way you do that, I mean, it's just, you know, you work from home. And you get to decide where your home is, which means that you get to decide where you're working from. And you just, it's finding clients. I was, I was basically walking into Mike's house, uh, working on In Love with the Process with him, and then asking him, you know, how do you speak with clients? How do you, uh, you know, how do you, how do you speak with clients? How do you pay or how do you charge enough so you can pay your fucking bills? You know, how as a student am I able to sit here and justify spending the time and effort on getting a freelance career while having the knowledge that I'm going to continue my education after I graduate from a four-year degree? Uh, I, I knew I was going to continue my education. That was the plan from the beginning. And so I knew that my time was going to be strapped and we got to talk about that. And, you know, I mean, the, the answer is, yeah, I used student loans, uh, to cover rent, but then coronavirus hit and I was my spending money, my gas money, my food money. That was all from gigs that I was picking up. And, and those were gone now. And so, you know, strapped us for cash. Basically, you, you live broke. <laughs> but that's the reality. Yeah, you can do it another way. But I wouldn't have. Because by taking out those loans, I was able to focus on and love with the process, which means that when I was doing my interview for grad school, they asked me, you know, what do you do? And I, I told them this stuff. And my... My professor is now sitting there saying, "This is a guy that I, I've looked up to, and I didn't realize that he produced some of my favorite documentaries uh, until I was already in his class, and he was talking about how he made them, and that was an incredible experience." But you know, I, I sent him an email about you know the fact that I'm working and I'm I'm trying to move to Brooklyn, and we're doing all this stuff. And his response was, Liam, I know you're okay because I know you're somebody who gets things done. And that right there, I I wouldn't get that if I didn't take the time to do in love with the process. I'm sitting here. It is now 1 (laughs) a.m. It is 1 a.m. on a Friday night and I'm having a conversation with you guys. And the reason for that is this edit, there were some technical issues. And so continuing through the edit, I had to realize that I had to, problem solve them. I had to, I had to troubleshoot this in the middle of the podcast recording because I had to figure out can I continue this recording tonight or do I need to figure out a hardware issue? That's just the reality of it. You know? You have to accept, or at least I had to accept, I don't know about your situation, but you know, I'm talking to the people that are in my situation there, the situation that I was just in. You have to accept that your time it's not, it's not free. None of your time is free. You're going to pay in some way, whether, whether you're not getting the experience that you want, whether you're not getting the professional experience or the educational experience, or you know, you're not getting the on-set experience, or you're not able to afford things because you aren't able to get money. You're paying for it in some way, and I was just able to... I had an opportunity to get federal... Back student loans that I was able to pay for my time, and with that time, I used it to work with Mike on a love of the process, and that's going to bring up the next point, which is why? Why did I do that? The reason I did it is because it's what Mike says on the uh, on the show. He said it in the ad read. You know when when he mentioned industry jump, our industry. Is is built on obviously networking and you know people, but you have to find your mentors. And these are not my words, these are guests' words, right? Some of our most popular episodes have people basically everybody in our popular episodes came in and said, You have to find a mentor. I found my mentors through podcasts, through YouTube through community college, and then undergrad, and now grad school. That's why I went to school, because I wanted to find my mentors. But then you also have to find your group of individuals, you know, that that are your contemporaries, that are your colleagues, that will grow with you, and they will be your crew. There's a reason, you know, everybody talks about the fact that uh, Spielberg and uh, uh, Lucas, you know, are best buds, well yeah, because they uh whatever whatever, you know I mean they're, they''re they're friendly with each other because they grew up together. they were in the same uh, situation, entering the industry at the same time, working on the same projects at the same time. They were contemporaries, they were colleagues. It's the same fucking shit, and I wanted to get an opportunity where I could build that network in LA, and I wanted to work with a mentor that I I connected with. And for some fucking reason, Mike let me. (laughs) And I got to work with him and I got to have a mentor to guide me through this stuff. And I'm still, obviously, I'm still working with him, right? But in addition to that, it's not just working on the show. Part of this is, is me asking him questions of how should I be going about doing things in grad school? And I'm getting feedback from him. And I'm getting feedback, you know, from... Here it is. Here's another fucking bingo card thing, but David Kruda, right? I I'm reaching out to these people and building the network there. But in addition to that, I'm bringing what I've learned from Mike and you know, all the guests on the show, and I'm bringing that into the classroom with me and having discussions about that stuff. And now we're having, you know, a dialogue with people who are my contemporaries. And this is that's the fucking point. Now, also, when I was in LA, I had friends out there that had uh, had already moved out there. And because of that, I was able to get on sets while I was out there for um, AFI. I was able to get on AFI student sets. And literally tonight, I got a text from uh, one of the, stud- the AFI students in their uh, cinematography track, because they wanted me to uh, come in and be a grip on their set. And it's that that other thing that everybody says, and, and we talk about on the show all the time, get on sets, go be a grip, go be a PA, go do stuff like that. I was doing it. You know, I was practicing what we were preaching on the show. And I was building a network out there. And now I have people, now I have more contacts in LA that I know are going to be entering the industry at the same time that I am. Which means if I need to go and shoot something in LA... Or work with a crew in L.A., I have people out there that I can contact and work with. And it's, you know, it, it, okay, so you can't go to L.A. Well, you can. But then, you're, you know, you can be the argument of, well, no, Liam, I fucking can't because I don't have those student loans. And I get that. That makes sense. But you can reach out to these people. You can go online. You can do what I did when I reached out to Mike. You can contact them on Instagram. You can find them on Backstage. You can, you know, look up. Uh, you can look up student or AFI uh, uh, student uh, film festivals, right? You can look up student film festivals and find who are submitting to those, and reach out that way. There are there are ways to do this, and and I know this stuff because. I do it for the show, right? (laughs) We look at people and we go, "Ooh, that person looks cool." We want to uh, get in contact with them, and then we, you know, kind of reverse engineer how to how to get in touch with them. It's the same stuff, and it's just it's the skills that are just going to continue to to be useful. It's that fucking dude. I'm telling you, I'm hitting this fucking uh, every goddamn box on the card but it is your toolkit and i'm just you know i drank the kool-aid a couple well a couple years ago when i was listening to the episodes but that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to build my toolkit so i have something to be able to bring to set with me and that toolkit involves my crew and that's pretty much everything that i wanted to talk about i mean i i just want to end this with i want to end this with an idea that look if you're in school right now, you have an opportunity. School should be an opportunity to to grow and to build that toolkit and to try to, you know, test things and see how that's going. You're learning from the right people. If you're listening to this show, you're learning from the right people. Or at least I think you are. Because we're bringing on the people that I swear to god when I was an undergrad, we were we were talking about the fucking cinematographers and, and conjecturing what they were doing on their films that Mike and I then were able to sit down and talk with those cinematographers about exactly what they did on those films. So I went from a room where we didn't know and we were guessing to literally being able to ask that question. And that's, If you can talk to the source, then why not fucking talk to the source, right? And that's what this show is able to do. We're able to get you to the source. But we're not the only show that does it. And you should be listening to as many of these uh, podcasts as possible. Obviously, ours is the fucking best. You know it. I know it. They know it. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other good ones out there. And that also doesn't mean that you shouldn't be looking elsewhere for inspiration as well as education. Like, if you're in school, if you're in school right now, and I swear to God, if you're in school, I, I, I fought with my fucking professors over this, which is a nightmare. School in that classroom is not where you should be learning. You shouldn't. It It is, it, and it's like, it's like, well, then why am I going to fucking pay for it? Yeah, I get that. Mike and I literally got into a huge argument over this. I, when I when I first met him, I told him that I wanted to die as a doctor, and he lost his shit. Uh, but, and he he was right to do so. But the look, you if you're in school, I think going to school is the right move. I do, I stand by that because you're building your fucking network. If I wasn't in school and I didn't go to community college for this, I wouldn't have gotten. Uh, I wouldn't have met the guy who moved out to LA before me. And if I didn't meet him, who had moved out to LA, when I got to LA, I wouldn't have had a a resource or a connection that got me into AFI sets. And if I didn't get the connection into AFI sets, then I wouldn't have had a reason to talk to AFI students when I was thinking about going to AFI after I graduated. But after talking to them and understanding of what they were learning, you know what? New York was the place for me compared to what they were learning in LA. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not that you know they weren't learning what what I wanted to learn. They are. They just weren't learning it where I wanted it to be. And that was something that I needed to go there and talk to and experience to know. But I wouldn't have been there without my connection from community college. And I wouldn't have known what I know if I didn't go to community college, when I was at community college, I was explaining, it was explained to me basically that that classroom is a place to try things out. It is a place to experiment it is a place to get feedback. You can totally do that outside of the classroom. There's nothing stopping you from finding a cheap camera on a place like Facebook marketplace using that cheap camera, to shoot a project, posting that project on YouTube, and then getting feedback. The issue, though, is then you don't know what kind of feedback you're going to get. I know when I go to school, I'm going to be able to sit in a classroom with other like-minded individuals, get like-minded feedback back, be able to reiterate that feedback, and turn it into a next edit or maybe my next project and then improve. And I've seen improvement in my own work as well as my confidence. That's, that's what school was able to do. But I didn't learn the techniques that I learned while I was in school in that classroom. I learned it by watching YouTube and listening to podcasts and talking with my friends outside of class. You know, professors told me they taught me how to use the gear. I was able to get hands-on experience with a bunch of different gear, from DSLRs all the way up to you know, uh, professional cameras. But that doesn't mean that, you know, and, and, and light kits as well, and that was what really excited me. But I, I got to experiment in there with that gear in a way that I wouldn't be able to on my own. I didn't learn the techniques there. I was able to experiment. And that's, that's one of the benefits of school and why I recommend going to school. The other one is you get a kick in the ass. No one told, like I literally had somebody tell me I had to go get an internship. They didn't tell me I had to get an internship in LA. I just didn't want to not get an internship in LA. I always wanted to have that internship in LA. But someone told me I always had to have that internship, so, which is why I went there. I don't know if I would have done it without that kick in the ass, without, without that fear of if you don't do this, you don't get that diploma that you've spent at that point, five years uh, working towards, you know? So yeah, if you're in that position where you're listening to this, you're not exactly sure where you want to be going, I know I'm reiterating a lot of the same shit that we say every week, which is get on sets, practice your work, find a mentor, uh, collaborate and network, and figure out you know, you know, figure out where you need to learn and and find that seat at the table so you can learn from people that are doing this. We say that every week, I know, but dude, I I implemented it and I took that fucking jump right. I jumped out of that plane and and I sent a message on Instagram to a guy I'd never met. And things paid off. So like just fucking do it. Just quit complaining and quit acting like I'm different cuz I'm not different than you. I just did it, you know? And there are a lot of people that post shit about what they're doing that's way more badass than what I'm doing. Just, and, it, and I'm just super fucking envious of you guys because <laughs> it's badass shit. But, you know, do it. And then if you have any, you know, if you think I'm full of shit or whatever or you, you want to ask me more questions, or reach out to me on, on Instagram or fucking Reddit. I'm on there. That's pretty much it. I got nothing else. I am going to post another fucking uh, clip at the end of this because I think it's great. And, uh, I think it's a reference to, you know, how I felt, but hope, hopefully Michael listen to this and be like, nah, he's, he's wrong. And then we can have a conversation and that'll be fun. But yeah, you know, Mike usually tries to wrap this shit up with a, with a really good quote or, or a really good message or something. You know, I'm going to Brooklyn. I'll be fully fucking honest with you people. I'm, I'm moving to Brooklyn to live in a really expensive room that I'm going to be able to afford, but I don't know for how much longer I'm going to be able to afford it. And I do have a job now that is able to, you know, cover that. But we work in an industry where everything is temporary And we're living in a time where there's a global pandemic that could shut us down at any moment. And I don't know what's going to happen. I know that I'm in school. I know that I'm busting my ass. I know that, you know, sometimes I sound like I fucking know the answer to everything. And I really try to not be that guy. I really, I really try to not be that guy. He says as he kicks the fucking mic stand. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know that... I know that people, when they look at me, they send messages that they say they know that I'm somebody that can get things done. And I don't get that kind of reputation from those kinds of people by not, by not showing them something that makes them think that. And so it's like, that's the kind of shit that I gotta, you know, I personally, I gotta keep in my fucking head because I don't think that, I don't think that's real. I don't, I don't agree with that, I constantly am thinking that I'm failing to get a lot of shit done, I have a lot of projects that I just am not finishing, or I'm, or I'm waiting for it to be perfect and it's not there, but we're, but we gotta fucking move forward, right, we gotta move forward, Oh god, I'm getting real fucking, I'm nervous people, you know, I'm nervous. We're not where we want to be. But we're becoming who we wanna be. And that's that's enough for today. And we're gonna get there. We're gonna fucking We're just gonna do what we've been doing. I don't know. I hope I hope I literally hope that everybody here is, is we're on the team, right? We're all on the same fucking team we're gonna get there we're gonna be okay I'm gonna end this fucking ramble Mike's not the only person that rambles on this show <laughs> I just I just not, I'm not on the air that much so you don't see it we're gonna be okay we're gonna get through this shit hopefully and and we're getting better and I'm saying this right for everybody we are. We're all busting our asses. But we can't be afraid of that failure. Because what's the worst thing that could have happened? The worst thing that could have happened is Mike says, no, I'm good. And then in which case, okay, I I did it. I, I, I messaged one person. I can message another person. I think we're going to be okay, folks. In the meantime, I'll see you next Tuesday. You know what occurred to me? Oh. No. You're just a kid. You don't have the faintest idea of what you're talking about. Why, thank you. It's all right. Personally, I don't give a shit about all that, because you know what? I can't learn
1: anything from you. I can't read in some fucking book. Unless you want to talk about you who you are.
0: And I'm fascinated.